We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello. Welcome to Unscripted, the film show, the... uh the show all about films and TV and pop culture, all the latest and greatest. Um, I'm Cecilia and Lewis is across from me in the studio. We are live for Radio Fremantle. Or if you listen to the podcast, you can listen back at uh, your leisure. You can. You can listen um, to it more than once. You can. You can yeah. listen to it right now for the entirety of the show <laughs> and then go home and in a couple of days, re-listen to it. Exactly. Isn't that relive, great? relive those memories that you're experiencing right now. <laughs> relive these beautiful memories that we're sharing yeah. right now. Look, it's a big week for film. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is releasing today, or has released today, right? Well, it was actually right? kind of released yesterday. Kind of released um, yesterday. Because I saw an uh, advanced screening yesterday. Um, so, yeah, that uh, I have seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I can talk about the film. Brilliant. I will not be spoiling anything. Um, that's, for, that's for another show. Yes, quite right, <laughs> quite right, yeah. Definitely, this will be a good one to do a Tangency spoiler cast on. Um, and, oh, I should mention that uh, Rachel's not on the show tonight. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, Rachel. Yeah. Rachel is off. She's yeah. um, off. On assignment, that's somewhere. right. Um, um, so uh, she's she's not here, but she'll be back in uh, next week. I, I'm imagining. Um, it's been a weird week for me, though. I must admit, has it? The, um, it's been a good week in, a good week. in parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. one bad thing that happened, which which uh, I'm going to talk about in a second. Uh, <laughs> but no, generally speaking, it's been a good week because it uh, it was my wife Cat's birthday yes. this week. Uh, and uh, happy birthday, babe. And uh, it was also our, like, 20th year anniversary of being together because we started going out the day after her birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 20 years. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So that was, that's, that's been really good. And obviously, well, uh, Doc Strange and Multiverse of Madness coming out on our you know, 20-year being together anniversary. Mm. Um, and uh, and also the last episode of Moon Knight screened as well. So that's kind of all the good stuff. Also, my work's going quite well at the moment as well, good, which is always good. nice. This is always a good thing. Yeah. 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 But um, I, I suffer from psoriasis. Do you really? Yes, yes, I do. I feel like I didn't know this about you. Did you not? Do I? I feel guilty that I didn't. (laughs) I've known you for so long now and I did not know this. I think it's something that because it's such a physical thing, I've never really seen it. Well, it's it's one of those things I keep under control. So I've been uh, getting light box treatment for many, many, many years. uh, And I use like steroid creams and stuff like Mm. that to make sure I don't get breakouts and those kind of things. Um, But uh, I I went to my doctor and uh, because there's this new thing that is apparently like people can get injected with it when they've got psoriasis Mm -hmm. and it just like cures it. But you've got to get it done every like three months or something like Mm. that. Um, But at the moment, my psoriasis isn't that bad. So I was told I couldn't, you know, take that, that drug at the moment. Oh. But hopefully one day it'll it'll come down in price and like it'll be anyone who's got psoriasis will be able to get it and then it's mm-hmm. pretty much a cure, which would be great because it's yeah. like a not saying it's curable at the moment. Yeah. Um, but the he suggests I take these other tablets. Now, this is what the, my, the point of what I'm saying. It's kind of a, like a, a public service announcement. Sure. Um, 
always read the information on medication before you take it. Okay. Um, because my doctor gave me this medication and he was like, he said, it's like vitamin A kind of thing and it yeah. could, could help. And I was like, yeah, sweet, no worries, whatever. And um, so I got the medication. Again, not blaming my doctor at all. This is all on me. Uh, I, I got the medication and I took the first dose. And then I, I read on the box where it says uh, might cause issues with light sensitivity. Right. And I was like, that doesn't sound good. I really right. should r- read up more on this mm. drug. And so I got the uh, the information and I read it. And in there it said, if you take this drug, you cannot donate blood uh, while you're taking this drug and you cannot donate blood for up to two years after. Oh, no. And, and anyone who knows me knows I am a regular blood plasma donor. I've been doing it for, for years and it's something that's important to me. And so I t- took one dose of this medication and I went, no more. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not taking any more of this. And I rang up the donor centre on the Monday mm. and said, look, this happened. Uh, I've taken just one dose of it. Uh, I, am I going to be okay to, to donate blood? And they said, oh, they, I spoke to a couple of people and they said, look, we're going to have to take this to a board mm-hmm. and discuss it there. And then they got back to me and told me that I cannot donate blood for three years. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah. I really am because, yeah, I, I've, as long as I've known you, you've given mm. so much. And I think that – but I think, you know, it sucks, but you've given so much. Yeah, I, I have. But it's, mm. uh, it just, it's just frustrating. Like if oh. I did – if I had read the the stuff beforehand, mm. I wouldn't have put myself into that predicament of not being able to donate blood. Again, not blaming anyone, but mm. I do feel like no one really goes home and reads a leaflet. I do mm. feel like maybe the doctor could have said, do you regularly donate <laughs> blood? And maybe have brought that into the conversation somehow. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's just, just one of those, mm. those things where I think the onus is on us as the people putting this stuff into our system to, oh. to read that, that information. Um, and so, yeah, so it's a real, uh, it's, it's, it's devastating. I mean, I hope that if there's anyone out there who's listening and has thought about donating blood in the past, that now, you know, if you could donate it now, mm. that would be good because I'm not going to be able to do it for the next three years. Um, and uh, it's yeah, they they do need blood, and they have stupidly restrictive rules. Yeah, like if you're a, a gay man mm. uh, who's you know active even with a monogamous partner, mm. you cannot give blood, which is ridiculous in this mm. day and age. So yeah, I really wish they would like you know look at those those rules because. Um, if you just say you were a uh, a straight cis person, male or female, mm-hmm. and if you're in a, a polyamorous relationship, meaning that you have uh, several uh, you know partners, mm-hmm. but you know same sex partners, yeah, that absolutely fine, no problems with that. But if you're a gay male couple mm. in a monogamous relationship. You can't give blood. Bizarre. That is really just bizarre. absolutely ludicrous. Um, so yeah, uh, mm. and and not saying there's anything wrong with being in a polyamorous relationship. I'm just saying that it's the the you know it's just weird that in that case you can have lots you of can. different sex partners and give blood. And, give blood. Mm. and if you're a gay male with one partner, you can't. can't it's yeah. just ah, it frustrates me. Um, yeah, but yeah, the the moral of the story is read instructions before you take the thing. And I feel like an idiot. Um, and from now on, I always read medications instructions mm. and not just trust that the doctor you know, knows what they're doing. And I, he does know what he's doing. Mm. He, he didn't think that there was going to be any, any issues. Mm. But, you know, that's the thing. Everyone has different things that they hold high value on. Yeah. And now something that I like to do and I, I, uh, I thought it, was a, it is a good thing to do, I can't do anymore for three years. So, wow. Mm. 
But oh. that 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 does happen. But uh, yeah, as I said, if if anyone is has been thinking about it, ever donating blood and you can donate blood, please for me. <laughs> to, I'll, to do, I'll go in and see if I can give some blood, Lewis. There's for no you. way you can give blood. I, I know. know. I'm bloody iron deficiencies yes, yeah. but you never know maybe if i get my iron up well, i'll pop see in. that's one of the things that every time you donate blood they'll they'll test certain things mm. like they uh, test your blood pressure obviously because i want to yeah. make sure that the the blood will flow <laughs> uh, but they also <laughs> check your iron as well and oh dear i think you'll you just walk in I there. might not make it <laughs> no. i might not cross the level they'll take a look at they won't even they, need they, you to they, do no. it they'll just look at me and go yeah you're not healthy at all just no, would you like it. some blood we can <laughs> we can put some blood into you while you're here <laughs> maybe maybe that's a good idea maybe i'll walk in oh uh, but no I'm, I'm glad you shared that with us because like i said yeah like you say people who have been thinking about it not quite sure mm. but it, it doesn't take long at all does it it's well a, it's really d- like there's different things you can do there's mm. d- donating blood now if you're giving whole blood you can mm. do that once every three months yeah and that literally like takes maybe when you're actually like in the chair and mm. it's going it's probably about 15 20 minutes yeah um and then if you're donating um uh, plasma then plasma it means that they they take the whole blood and they spin it and they spin take it. out you know what they want and they give you back the red blood cells yeah um they and so that takes a bit longer so maybe that's up to an hour kind yeah. of thing so it's not a huge like time of your life uh, time out of your life but every donation you make you're saving like about three lives yeah so it's pretty important that really uh, you know people incredible. who can do mm, yeah really incredible and you're informed as well when you um when the blood gets delivered or given to somebody yes which yeah. i uh, think is really wonderful so really good but yeah so if you can can do um and uh, yeah but other than that it's been a great week like uh, just really enjoyable mm-hmm. uh i can't wait to talk about doctor strange and multiverse about us now and uh on spooky quaker tonight uh we're gonna be talking about the last episode of and that's on a youtube channel uh so just like go to youtube and, and uh, search for spooky quaker uh and jason and myself will be talking about the uh the, the latest and final episode of moon knight um and i don't know we might we might broach a bit of a uh, Multiverse of Madness as well, but I think Excellent. maybe next week we'll go into a deep dive. Love it. Once people have had the, the opportunity to, to see. But excuse my ignorance. I feel like you may have told me. Spooky Quokka, where mm-hmm. does the name come from? Uh, well, because we live in Perth. and yeah. uh, ah. And Perth is the only place in the world where quokkas are mm-hmm. you know a native animal on our on our rottenest yep. island in fact the island was named after the quokka because they thought they looked like rats so it was kind of like ratnest island but yes. yeah um <laughs> but yeah it's and uh spooky because uh, jason likes spooky stuff so I like it. he just went yeah spooky quokka look do that. i love it i just thought i was like is there a meaning behind <laughs> the name and now i know and I'm, I'm i feel informed and i quite like the name choice so yeah. i think that's really good uh so you'll be speaking about uh multiverse uh, of madness, which is fantastic. I also got to see a film called After Yang, which is a little bit. I think it's been out for a couple of weeks now, but I still will talk about it. Um, and then I suppose if we get time, Ooh, I, uh, I saw another film as well. Oh, what did you see? Uh, how to it was how to please a woman. How, how to, to please? I'll, I I would like to hear about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> <laughs> we might take a short break. That way, we can decide on what we are talking about um, throughout the show and come back. But at least we've got lots to talk about, which is fantastic. Be right back. And we are back. So it turns out that the film that I was hoping to hear about, How to Please a Woman, is not quite out um, this week. It's, it's frustrating because I want to really talk about it because um, the film is set and filmed in Perth. 
Is it really? Well, in, in Fremantle. But oh, yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd, I love a good Perth shot yeah. film. I didn't realise it either, but then one of the like opening shots of the film was uh, the characters going for a swim uh, down in Fremantle. You're like, that looks and familiar. And there's a building there. Uh, I don't know where which one it is. Might one of the surf clubs, something like that. Mm-hmm. But on the roof of it is actually like Fremantle written in big letters. Ah. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's just um, yeah, very odd. Uh, like to to see a film that's made here in Perth, mm. but it was awesome. And you know how. Uh, I don't know, I think it was last week with Rachel when we were talking about the Adam Project, mm. how I was saying on uh, t- like Netflix movies, they don't feel cinematic. No. And I don't know what it is, why, because uh, you know, they've got big budgets and everything like that, but they just don't feel like they're being filmed to be shown on a big screen. Mm. Um, and this film, uh, I'm sure the budget wasn't massive on this, but it felt cinematic, even though it was just a lower budget film set in Perth, filmed in Fremantle, but it still felt cinematic. So um, it was it was really good. And that was a second film because the other film I saw uh, that had Perth in it recently uh, was the um, was a Road to Perth. Perth or yes, um, um, Road to Perth. It was yes. Road to Perth, yeah. Yes. Um, and that one ended in Perth, mm. and that was kind of funny. It's it's kind of weird because we're so not used to seeing films set here mm. that or, or locations that we know on film. That's kind of like weird when we do see it. Um, and then uh, probably Melbourne and Sydney people get this all the time, <laughs> where it's like they're driving somewhere and they they seem to be going in the wrong direction, yes. like. In uh, Road to Perth, there's a scene where they're heading into the city and they're driving through the tunnel and then they're driving towards the city. So uh, unless they drove through the tunnel and then went, oh, we missed the city and do a U-turn and come back again. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I do actually recall that. I ended up watching that film and, um, yeah, I do remember seeing that. I was like, yeah, that that doesn't make sense to me. But to (laughs) anyone else who does not live in Perth, they're like, they wouldn't even know. Exactly. They They probably would not even bat an eyelid. Um, But, yeah, so hopefully, I mean, they they still talk about doing that film studio in Fremantle. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, hopefully we get to see more stuff being made here. And then, which is great for... uh, you know, the local industry, like, you know, people who are actors will actually be able to ply their trade on screen, which would be fantastic. Which would be fantastic. Mm. And it can serve as a hub for most of WA as well. You know, people can, um, the rest of Australia mm. as a film destination because they can go out and film in different locations but maybe use the hub as, you know, an editing suite. I don't know what they've got planned, their editing suites and, mm. and whatnot. But I well, think, yeah, the film industry is really growing. If you think about it, I mean, uh, a lot of Marvel films are getting shot over in the Eastern States. Exactly. I mean, how yeah. cool would it be if they shot a Marvel film here in Perth? Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be so cool. I wonder what they would do, though. I mean, they could use the bush for something. Well, we've got lots. There's so, so much natural stuff here yeah. in uh, in WA that you can use that just, you know, there's no there's nowhere else in, in the world you'd find it. So, exactly. yeah, I, I, I think we've definitely got a lot to offer the film industry. They could do something about spooky quackers. That's entirely true. Like a, a film... Um, set on Rotnest where people are just dying mysteriously with tiny bite narks on their yeah. neck. Who is it? Yeah. Who 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 is at fault here? <laughs> well, let me tell you, quackers. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's there's plenty. Is it? They, yeah, they, um, they, they gain their powers from a radioactive chica roll. 
<laughs> or there was some kind of spill on the island. <laughs> some fairy oil um, has leaked onto the island. So there's yeah, there's plenty we could do here. Yeah. Um, shall I talk about After Yang then? Why not? Talk Let's about talk about after, this after film. Yang. This is a film that day. It kind of got released a few weeks ago, but it kind of went under, swept under the rug. It hasn't done that well at the box office, unfortunately. But it does star, you've got Colin Farrell in this film. Uh, Jodie Turner-Smith is also in the film. And Colin Farrell plays Jake uh, and he lives with his wife and they're a adoptive daughter, Mika and Yang. Now, Yang, though, is a previously owned robotic child. So he's a robot that they've purchased. Um, they're called second siblings. So they're designed to be a sibling for, right. for a child, essentially. But obviously, they're a robot. And unfortunately, one day they wake up and Yang is not responsive. Uh, he's kind of decomposing. So he's in a body. So it's an actual human body which can decompose as well which is quite interesting i don't quite understand the logistics of the deco that that part of it um but anyway jake is quite determined to save this robotic child because his daughter mika it's her friend he's you know she's really upset about it uh and you know he's he's really part of the family so jake kind of takes yang to this repairman who discovers that there's a hidden camera inside of Yang and this kind of brings up all these issues about security but we later learn that it it could be that but there's also a memory bank attached to it so over the years or the time that they've had Yang he's been recording snippets of memory Ah. so Jake kind of then watches these memories and it kind of turns into a little bit of a bleak story about AI and you know um artificial intelligence and all of those bits and pieces and it's quite a futuristic film as well there's lots of little gadgets that they're using it doesn't appear to be a futuristic Mm. world like the environment all looks the same and people carry on their daily life but it just seems to be a little bit more futuristic so you know jake is watching things through his glasses and is able to to do all of these things so yeah i think the memory bank they they kind of um watch these memories and it's a bit of a story about how this robot has had such an impact on the family but over time has you know developed his own memories and um because they never really thought that a robot could do that Mm. harbor memories or take snippets of certain memories well the interesting thing is is like human beings our memories they aren't like uh they aren't set in stone. Mm. Like our memories, <clears throat> every time you you, you remember something, mm-hmm. you kind of remember it slightly different. Exactly. And it evolves. Yep. Whereas if it's a robotic memory, mm. it would be an exact whatever happened, happened and yeah. they remember it exactly. Yeah, because don't they say that when you remember something, you're not remembering the memory, you're remembering the last time you remembered mm. it. So mm. then obviously over time, it, and that's how we, we lose it. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they would be very, you know... They, they would be memories that were formed and wouldn't deviate from the original memory at all. But I think it's, yeah, it's just a, a story about um, artificial intelligence. It's a story about kind of the future of security and, um, you know, also about artificial intelligence being more than just, 
you know, robots who that that do things for mm. us perhaps, but being more of a um, companion, I suppose. So what was the name of the movie again? It's, it's called After Yang. After Yang. After Yang. But I'll always remember AI as a film many years ago and I remember being introduced to the concept then. It was quite a um it's quite a nihilistic subject, isn't it, when you talk about artificial intelligence because really yeah, just, just to think that they can form, you know, companionship and, and things like that, or is that really happening? Or, you know, I don't well, know. Well, you look at you look at the um, the movies that we had about artificial intelligence, mm. and generally speaking, we're talking like Terminator, yeah. or Matrix, where they they decide that you know human beings are the, the worst thing that ever happened to the planet. <laughs> yeah. Hard to argue that we're not. Um, <laughs> And then they end up wanting to kill us. Mm. Uh, so, if, yeah, it's interesting when you can have a, a, a something about artificial intelligence where it's not, you know, the robots are out to get us kind of yeah. thing. But I'm always very careful, though, because I do know that the robot uprising is going to happen someday. <laughs> so whenever I ask Suri for something, I always say please and thank you. Please and thank you. I love yeah. that idea. Yeah, no, so back in 2001 was when uh, AI artificial intelligence was released that was the one with Haley Joel Osment I don't know if you recall that film it had Jude Law in it as well um but it's about a child or like a highly advanced robotic boy who longs to become a human child so that he can regain the love of his foster mum who abandoned him um and he embarks on this journey to make it come true it was the most sad film I have ever experienced. I watched it I, back in 2001. I would have been nine years of age mm. and I remember it scarred me. I still remember <laughs> this film of how sad it was about this poor robot boy that just wants to be human. Um, it was horrible and I, I, I'm always a little bit reluctant to watch these types of films based on that experience I had. But this one was, you know, it was an hour th- 36 or so so it's quite a short movie for something of this like a metaphysical Mm, type mm. film um and yeah you don't really get to see much of yang it's more reliving his memories right uh, and the fact that jake goes on this journey to to uncover them and and things like that so look it's an interesting film and i think that some people will really appreciate this and i think it's an important topic of conversation i think the world is definitely moving towards more you know artificial intelligence i mean we, we certainly do all the time. We use Siri and mm. Google and all these gadgets and bits and pieces. So I think it's an important reminder that, you know, those things serve, they really serve us. Um, and without those gadgets, where would we be? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be uh, in- interesting, like, uh, if, like, everything crashed and we had mm. to rely on our, uh, our wits and our cunning yeah. to get by, I think we've all yeah. be screwed. But I think that the beautiful part about the film is the, the relationship that the young daughter has with the robot because to her... It's not a robot, it's a friend. And mm. I think that was the, that was what so, I kind of pulled from this. So why does Yang, like, so Yang dies at the start of the film then? Pretty much, yeah. Straight at, at the beginning, they, they get him as a second-hand robot ah, right. and he doesn't last much long, like, doesn't last very long mm-hmm. with them. But um, they take him into this shop and you're not, there's some legalities. You're not actually supposed to open up the robots apparently. Right. Uh, but they do and they, yeah, find this, um, what they think is a spyware chip so that they think they're being spied on mm-hmm. but it turns out to be more of a memory bank where all these memories are being stored which they didn't really know was a thing that these robots could do. So Yang's quite a special robot. Mm. But wouldn't you think that would be like if you've got something mm. like living in your house yeah. that's going to be interacting with you and like, well, its interactions have got to be mm. based on previous interactions mm. 
it's got to have a memory. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, and it's beautiful, uh, you know, to see the memories that Yang pulls as mm. well, what's important to him. But the funniest thing was about this film is at the beginning of the film, there's this dance that they do that they get online with like 30,000 other families mm. and they have to do these dances, right? And they have to keep up with the dance. And if they don't, they get eliminated. Right. But it's like an activity that the family does. So instead of sitting down to watch TV, they're up dancing <laughs> as a family and they're like this, this lady on the screen will call out the dance moves and the families do them. It's it's really fun to oh, watch. Oh, cool. That so, sounds like a good idea, actually. I think so. I think maybe we need to start looking at that instead of going home and just watching TV. Well, but, um, I, I said uh, uh, to Kat on the, on the weekend uh, we went to uh, to the shops and Kat was uh, sorting out her new new glasses. Mm. Uh, I went, oh, go, go to EB. I haven't been to EB in a while. Yeah. And I must admit I've been a little bit jelly of my uh, nephew. Um, <laughs> that's uh, jealous for people who, who don't speak the lingo. Uh, <laughs> tad bit jelly of my, uh, my nephew because uh, he got – a, a Nintendo well, him and his sisters got a Nintendo Nintendo Switch for Christmas. Yeah, but I only ever saw him holding it, so, mm. uh, so he, he is, really. didn't offer me a turn either. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, and I was like, oh, I, I haven't had a game console in such a long time, and you know, it'd be good. I, I did enjoy the Wii because they were the motion control kind of mm. things, and I was like, oh, that would be good. And so I, I, I suggested the cat um, saying because if we got this thing, you can either do it as a handheld or you can plug it into your TV, and the the controls are motion controlled. Uh, and so we're going to get that because and Kat said the same thing. It'd be good to not always just be sit down, you know, watching mm. TV. We can actually be more active and, and play some games. That's cool. I like that. Mm. Yeah. No, I know. We need to all do things like that instead of it's. It's just crazy how more inside we are and how kids are so addicted to their bloody gadgets these days. But maybe I shouldn't be in, uh, mention <sighs> that you get game, game consoles, but. I don't I feel like game consoles are at least there's a little bit more interaction there and you've got to do something mm. and maybe you're using your mind a bit more mm. because you're trying to – it's a logical thing. True, true. But at the same time, I don't know, movies – I think film and TV, I mean, I, I shouldn't be bashing film and TV <laughs> because that's what we do. Yeah. But there's a, there's a point, isn't but there? But there's more – there's like a, movies and, and TV are passive yeah. whereas gaming is active. Yes. So you're right. You do need to have a, that balance. So, bit of, uh, bit of both. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you know, having a bit more gaming in my life. Love it. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Shall we jump into let's, let's get the into film the, of the week? Let's get into Mom, the multiverse of madness. Um, <laughs> This is, uh, yeah, I was just hanging out for this film. Uh, like after uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which was, again, a multiverse story. It's weird, actually, this year so far, we've had uh, two films set in multiverses. You've had uh, No Way Home, which was set in the uh, multiverse where you know, Spider-Man villains from the original Sam Raimi films uh, came back and also from the uh, um, Andrew Garfield uh, Amazing Spider-Man films, they came back as well. Yes. And so it was bringing in uh, the, the, the uh, Sony Spider-Man films and saying, yep, these are all part of the MCU you now they're part of the larger multiverse uh, and then we had uh, everything everywhere 
no, everywhere, everything. The, uh, everything, everywhere, all, all yeah. everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, everything, Is that right? Everywhere, yeah. all at once. <laughs> where again, you have all these multiverses and people being able to draw on information from these multiverses, uh, and uh, that so that that's two films. And now we've got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Now this film, uh, because this is the uh, the uh, next Marvel film after mm-hmm. Spider Man No Way Home. I thought because No Way Home was uh, about the, the multiverse kind of breaking open because of Peter Parker screwing up a uh, a, a spell. Bloody Peter! Yeah, I thought that was that was what was going to happen. It was like you know you think at the end of uh, Spider Man No Way Home that Doctor Strange wasn't able to contain the spell by making everyone forget who Peter Parker was. But uh, no, he actually he did the by making everyone forget who Peter Parker was. It uh, closed off the multiverse, and there was no massive issue there. Ah. So I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, cool. That's interesting." Uh, so with multiverse of madness, where again the multiverse seems to be like coming in on itself. Mm. Um, but that's not the case. This is not uh, a film um, about uh, people from other parts of the multiverse invading the you know our world. Now, when I when I refer to our world, I'm talking about the the main Marvel Cinematic Universe world, which is six one six. Okay. Okay. Six one six. Right. Got it. So that's the that's the main Marvel world, and any other uh, universes outside of that are part of the multiverse. Okay. Okay. So I was expecting this film to be like just uh, there was cracks in the, the multiverse, and all these people were coming in from different mm-hmm. uh, universes into our universe. Yeah. But the actual story uh, with Multiverse of Madness is more. Um, it's smaller and it's it revolves around uh, one character, America Chavez. Okay. And America is a uh, superpowered being who's got the ability to jump through universes uh, into different parts of the multiverse. So she was in her original uh, you know universe, and then she opened up a portal, and then she ended up just going through all these other universes. But she's got no way of controlling her powers. But there is somebody who wants to take her and use her powers to their own evil, nefarious ends. Ugh. And now, I'm not going to tell you who that is because okay. you've got to go and see you the film to, see to find out. So, um, yeah, but the film is bringing in a lot of different things. So obviously you've got you know Doctor Strange who's been through uh, you know many uh, MCU films. Uh, he became dust in uh, Infinity War. He came back and saved the day in Endgame. Uh, you know he's uh, you know been ar- around like helping out Spider Man. Just um, he's a stalwart of the MCU. Yeah. Um, also in this film, you'll know that uh, Wanda Maximoff has in the film as well as the Scarlet Witch. Um, she had a, her own TV show last year where she was dealing with the grief of losing vision uh, and built herself a fantasy world where she had two kids and a suburban life and vision was alive. So there's a lot of you know stuff to deconstruct with, with her character as well. Um, and in the, in the film you find Doctor Strange, you know, after coming back from the from the blip uh he'd been gone for five years uh he's kind of getting his life back on track um the the love of his life is marrying somebody else which is kind of hard to take um so this is 
a really it's a full-on film like there's a lot happening in this film uh you're not just dealing with the the main 616 universe you're dealing with uh, other universes that uh you know strange will be traveling to with with america um you might see some yeah people it's just there's a lot of stuff in this this film it's just you, you're going to see more than one doctor strange which we've seen in the, in the trailer um but the the real big difference between multiverse of madness and, and any other mcu film so far is that this film has a real horror kind of bent to it not like to the point where you know kids can't go and see it i think maybe older you know yeah. um uh, 9 10 11 maybe go and see it um because it's a bit there are some generally scary moments in it but it's more because it's sam raimi who's directing it the horror is more tongue-in-cheek evil dead army of darkness kind of horror um but it's it's really it's really good now i i enjoyed the film i thought it was fantastic is it the best mcu film so far no but it is still a really enjoyable film and uh you know fans of the mcu are going to get so much out, out of this film like, oh. i'm not saying that you know, you could go on and watch this film without ever having seen an mcu film before it's still that's one of the beautiful things about the mcu yeah. is they kind of make films where you can see it without any of the the past baggage but if you do know about the characters and everything like that you'll be able to see it on a different level yes so yeah i i just think benedict cumberbatch is wonderful like yeah he's a great actor and in this film he gets to show how uh you know his his range of playing the same character but then playing it in different ways yeah um, interesting i i just was reading because i i remember i've seen the first doctor strange mm. and i was like it's, that's got to be years ago that 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 film was released 2016 by the looks of it mm. which um seems like such a a time long time frame for for a different well for well, this one to come out i think the reason being that you had um you know doctor strange but then you also had infinity war yeah. you had Endgame, then you had um you know uh, uh, no you had no way home there's still been so, so much happening in the universe regardless yeah, yeah. and he's been he's been there in yeah. all those, those things as well oh so. he's been there for most of it yeah see look at me i know nothing about my marvel um there you go. <laughs> He's one, been there. One of the really great things, though, because, um, you know, before uh, when we, uh, like, before coronavirus uh, struck, um, the Disney used to actually do uh, preview screens for reviewers and critics and, and, yeah. and that sort of thing. But since coronavirus, they just stopped doing them. I mm. think they figured that people are going to go see the films anyway, which yeah. is quite true. I'm going to go see the films regardless of, uh, you know, whether they, they give me a ticket to it or not. And generally speaking, like, I'll go and see the films two and three times in the cinemas. Yes. You but, make up for a few of us. Yes. <laughs> but the, uh, when um, Kat and I go and see the, the Marvel films, we generally go and see, see it like as soon as possible. So mm-hmm. last night was the first night you could see it. And usually uh, now they have like little incentives for being like early uh, watches of the film. Yeah. And so last night they were giving out these uh, Multiverse of Madness uh, cover collections. That's cool. I like that. So, so it's like a, a comic book format, but it's actually... Uh, covers of Doctor Strange comics from the uh, you know different that's uh, nice. time periods. That's nice. That's really cool. Yeah. So they just handed those out to people who were were there. Uh, well, I think they might they might do depending on what cinema we were yeah. in one of the Lux cinemas. So yes. they were just sitting on our um uh, our seats when we got in. 
but they're, they're really cool. And they're actually uh, at the top of the page, it says who the covers are done by. But the, the some people I feel really bad because uh, some of the covers, it says by unknown, 1988. Aww. And it's kind of like... You know, Surely I, you'd want that recognition, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine the, the person like uh, who was you know writing or drawing Doctor Strange mm. back there was going, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Yeah. And they get there and they sit down and they go, oh, look, there's a book of covers. And they see their cover was with, um, you know, uh, drawn by unknown. And they're like, oh. Well, I hope they write in and be like, hey, that was me. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Maybe they just didn't put a name down for some reason. But, yeah, that's really, um, yeah. The thing sad. I find, find weird is that the, the ones are unknown are from, like, 1988. And then you've got comics that are, like, going back to the 60s and you know who the artist is. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's just weird that in 88 there was a, a, a bit of a block. Bizarre. But, yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, I am going to give uh, this one uh, four and a half dragon things. Dragon things. Yeah, there's this this point where where, uh, Strange like um, throws these like dragon things out of character and uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Dragon things. I love it. I love it. Well, we will take a small break and we'll pop back after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So, I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago I spoke about, you may not have been here, I don't know, but I spoke about the Weird L. Yankovic film. I didn't even know, no, I wasn't here, because <laughs> the first thing I saw about a Weird Al Yankovic film was when I saw a picture of Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic. I was like, what? And What's doesn't he look Cool. I think, you know, Daniel Radcliffe has taken on some pretty strange roles over the years. He was in that film Horns. I don't Mm. know if you've ever seen that one. I feel like he was was in Swiss Army Man. So he's taken on some quite interesting roles. Was it called Guns Akimbo, the one we had? Yes, where we had Guns as Hands. Yes, so he's taken on some really interesting work. And I think, you know, for someone who played, you know, such a staple character for, you know, so many years as Harry Potter, I think he's chosen to do that. I think he wants to do Mm. the weird. Weird and wonderful. So, look, I think he's the perfect person to play Weird Al Yankovic in this kind of biopic of the parody musician. But um, the first teaser for the movie has arrived, uh, which is pretty interesting. And the film seems to be a little bit about, or mostly about, Yankovic's rise, I think, uh, to fame through his early kind of parody uh, to his kind of you know, to where he is now. So, yeah, interesting to see Radcliffe with that uh, wig. I'm sure it's a wig, (laughs) um, unless he's grown his hair. But um, I think it'll be an interesting film. Apparently it's got Evan Rachel Wood, who plays Madonna. Uh, You've got Julianne Nicholson in this, uh, Rianne Wilson and Toby Huss as well. So there's no date that's been announced for the film, but I assume they're filming at the moment. which is where that clip is. Is Weird Al in the movie as well? Cause I don't know. I, I know it's definitely a bit. I, I, maybe he does make an appearance or maybe he makes he plays himself as the older version. I don't know. But, um, yeah, interesting. I don't know a lot about Weird Al Yankovic apart from I'm hearing some of his parody music. Mm-mm. But um, a lot of people really like him. So I think it'll be an interesting film to see. And, you know, Daniel Radcliffe is always a delight to watch on screen. So. He is. I'm I'm still uh, pushing for Daniel. Well, yeah, I've got absolutely no say in it. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm pushing for Daniel Radcliffe to be cast. Hi, I'm Susie Lombard. Because um, I honestly think that the, like, you know, I've seen him when he's, like, buffed up a bit. Mm. And he can put on the muscle to play Wolverine. But he's 
the right kind of he's probably not short enough to be Wolverine, but <laughs> he is the shorter than what um uh, than um oh, Hugh, Hugh Jack. Jackman was. So is is um Wolverine a short person? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I just I did not know that. But um yeah, he's definitely shorter than Hugh Jackman. That's for sure. Yeah, what's um, Wolverine's height? I think he's like uh, Wolverine's. Uh, that's interesting. So that's a, just a character um, thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and in the comics, like, you've always got people, like, you know, trying to take the mick out of him for uh, being short. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's – the thing is, yeah, he's he's short, he's stocky, he's cool as hell. Yeah. And all the women love him. He's and, cool as hell. Yeah. And that, but that's the thing is, like – and he's also hairy as well. Like, that, that's the thing as well. Like, you know, short Hugh Jackman, that, like, smattering of mm. chest hair and everything like that. But Wolverine generally has, like, hair on his back and his shoulders and, like, he's a, he's a hairy, hairy man. He's a hairy man. Um, but, yeah, so he's five foot three, which is 106, centim- 106 metres, uh, sorry, 1.6 metres tall. Yes. So it's basically, you know, my height if you took my head off. <laughs> um, and and so, yeah, and I reckon Radcliffe's around about my height. So yeah, uh, actually, let's I think see, he is. Let's see how. I think he's my height, Radcliffe, which is, I don't know. Actually, I don't really know my height. Um uh, he's, a, he's a short man. He's a short man. I, I need to know now. It's, it's very. It's I reckon very he's five five, or no five four. I'm going to say five four. You going, you're going five four? Oh, I don't know. Five four, five five, five four. Well, I've only got it in meters, so uh, it's 165 meters. So, 165. Sorry, it's 1.65 meters. So, so I reckon that is roughly five. Yeah, so Wolverine is one point six meters in the in the comics. Yeah, so he's, just he's a one point six point one point six five. He is the perfect height to play Wolverine. And like when I saw him in Lost City, yeah, there was this scene where he got really angry, and mm. I was like, oh, if he could bring that that rage into the Wolverine character, mm. he'd be perfect. So yeah. and he's hairy enough. Have you seen him without without a shirt on? The guy is hairy as. I don't think I've seen him with, but I can imagine mm. he would be hairy. He's Actually, hairy. maybe he did have his shirt. I don't know. Maybe in horns. I can't remember yeah. if he was. But see, this is the thing. I, I just, mm. I, I loved Hugh Jackman's portrayal of Wolverine. I mm. thought it was great. I've just always had an issue with him being too tall. Yep. I just, I want to have. fit the part. Yeah. You want to have Wolverine when he's staying next to other people being mm-hmm. at least a head shorter than them. Yeah. So, and it's important. I guess it's me being like a short person my whole life. I've, uh, you know, had to deal with being a short person. And I think we need to have some short person representation on the big screen. Exactly. Because we have so much representation nowadays. But where are the short people? Exactly. We don't see that often. Well, the weird thing is, I think most actors are pretty damn short. It's just that you, just you don't, don't know. have a lot of tall actors. So, <laughs> you know. So you see, yeah, then you see them in real life and you go, what? Yeah. They're so short. Like when you go to wax museums and you're like, what? Yeah. That person's that height? It's insane. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that film just for Daniel Radcliffe's mm-hmm. performance um, as well. Another film I'm really looking forward to is the new Ethan Hawke, uh, The Black Phone yes. film. This looks insane. Ethan Hawke plays a kidnapper in this. Um, he's got this mask on, though, that's really creepy, but it's by... Um, the, the Bloomhouse production team who have done so many scary movies over the years, including, you know, Insidious and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, look, the trailer is so creepy. It's set in the 70s. It's got um, a 13-year-old boy who's been kidnapped by this masked person, um, known 
as the grabber uh, <laughs> is his name. And he's been held in this basement with a disconnected landline. And then the landline starts to ring um, with the spirits of this kidnapper's former victims, um, trying to help the, the kid escape, obviously. Um, but, yeah, it just it looks so creepy. I'm a huge fan of Ethan Hawke. Um, and have you watched Moon Knight? No, is he in it? He's in Moon Knight. See, I'll watch it just for Ethan Hawke. I think he's great. Um, But, yeah, it's by the guys who did um, Sinister uh, and obviously, yeah, Doctor Strange as well uh, from the director of... Oh, so maybe did Sam... I'm just learning stuff now. Oh, no, the original Doctor Strange, which wouldn't have been... Yeah, Sam Raimi. So yeah, no, there you go. So really interesting to to see that. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's due out in June. So excellent. Yeah, I've seen it, the trailer. The trailer looks fantastic. And we spoke about it a few weeks back. We um, yes. Because uh, Ethan Hawke's also in the Northman, and that's and th- right. And he's in Moon Knight, so he's in. He's like having a massive comeback at the he moment. Is, he is having a comeback. Mm. Um, he's done some great stuff over the years. I think so. I always enjoy watching him um, on screen. So yeah, this looks really great i'm up for a new horror i haven't seen a good horror for a mm, while mm. so i'm hoping we get to see this one on the big screen i think it'll be great to see that um yeah no it'll be fun sorry i um, mean andy circus is finally making his animal farm adaptation oh, apparently yeah. uh so the rumors say i think it's been on his list for a really long time to to bring this book to uh-huh. life and i'm surprised we haven't had a, a kind of uh, a movie version unless there has been many 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 moons ago that i don't know about but, what is um, what is the story of animal farm animal farm it's by it's it's a 1945 book by george orwell um and it's kind of involves a group of animals who rebel against human humans mm-hmm. on the farm uh and win their independence essentially so it's really this kind of um I suppose, yeah, it's all about animal rights, essentially, I suppose. But, you know, you can draw so many meanings from this this book. It's such a classic novel and, you know, so many people can, yeah, I think you ask anyone and it's they kind of draw their own their own meaning. But, yeah, it's about some animals who rebel against humans, um, essentially. So, yeah, I wonder how this would look on screen, though. How do you bring that to life? Mm, well, I think anyone, like, bring it to life, it's going to be Andy Serkis. I just yeah. imagine Babe. <laughs> That's all I'm imagining right now. You know how the animals are talking and they're like conjuring up all mm-hmm. sorts of things but in a funny way? But, you know, this would have to be – it's a very utopian environment in which this, this you know, setting is taking place. So, um, you know, you'd have to have some kind of futuristic um, – look at it and yeah but I, I'm interested um, and I think he's been trying to get this made since about 2012 so uh, to see it and I think it was bought by Netflix in 2018 but there was little news of it and now it's kind of finally getting into play but there's probably COVID had an impact on that one as well so I will definitely keep my tabs on you know that as it comes to light and, and definitely share that um, once I know more. Uh, one of the uh, things I didn't mention about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse mm. of Madness is that some territories aren't uh, going to be allowing the film to be screened. Oh, due, wow. due to a like uh, it's uh, maybe a f- five or six second scene um, uh, in which you see two women who happen to be a couple not doing anything, just they happen to be. Two women who are in a relationship, and because of that, uh, it's not going to be uh, given a release in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, and Egypt. 
uh, due to a depiction of uh, you know characters a lesbian. Whoa! Yeah, it's uh, whoa. I, I just that I, blows my mind. I'm it's just, 2022, people. I know. I'm just wondering, you know, when when are people going to get their heads out their butts and realize that you know love is love and you know there are gay people. They exist, yeah, and they're not going to do you any harm. So just just pull your head in, wow. and and realize it's a big old world out there, and diversity makes it a wonderful place. I love how they pull something like that, which is a beautiful thing. But then they'll they'll show you films that depict violence mm-hmm. and and horror and really you know horrible, gross things. But they won't pull those from cinemas. But no, they, no. they just won't show you that. No. That is astonishing to me to think that that's even happening. But you know. These countries are just so outdated mm, and mm. I think that they've got a lot to look at and reevaluate. Yeah, um, it's just oh, it, 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 it's, it's frustrating. But, I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not as progressive as we should be in the Western world, but, mm. uh, you know, at least we're making strides and, and hopefully one day uh, the, these other countries will start to, you know, understand that... Uh, yeah, it's good to be diverse. It's nice. Yeah, and I'm sure there's so many people in those countries that want to see the film and probably couldn't care less. Exactly, And their yeah. government is just saying no. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not blaming the people, I'm blaming the government, but, mm. you know, that, that's just crap. Mm. Absolute crap. Yes. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. <laughs> um, I should mention, though, that the Spanish Film Festival is currently showing here in Perth and across Australia. Uh, you can still see films right up until the 18th of this month, which is great. Uh, SpanishFilmFestival.com is the website to go to. Uh, but look, I love the Spanish Film Festival. There's a huge eclectic array of comedies, dramas, horrors, uh, from, you know, everything is on there. There's a film called Girlfriends, which sounds really exciting. Uh, there's a film called House of Snails, which is uh, a really interesting film which centres around a writer who hires this mysterious house in uh, some kind of secluded Spanish uh, village where he can complete his latest novel. Um, but the village is a little bit strange and weird things begin to happen and uh, there's a kind of a local folklore legend about a boogeyman of such <laughs> sorts there and um, it's one of those kind of part thriller, part horror films that becomes, you know, it feels a little bit like it's blurring the line between reality and and what's in his mind perhaps. So, you know, people are kind of comparing it a little bit to, you know, The Shining, An American Werewolf in London and The Wicker Man. Mm. So those are three brilliant films. So the fact that it's being compared to those three films, it's very exciting. So, um, yeah, it's the blurring of fiction and reality is really at the core of that one. But, oh, uh, cool. yeah, it's called The House of Snails. It's screening as part of the 24th Spanish Film Festival at Palace Rain Square, Luna Leaderville and Luna SX. Uh, but, yeah, check the website for other films and, and bits and pieces. I think there's films with um, Penelope Cruz, yeah. uh, Antonio Banderas. Uh, yeah, it just looks fantastic and I'm hoping to catch some more films to, to share with people. Indeed. Uh, I've, just uh, other news as far as uh, you know, Marvel goes. This is actually like on the good good side of things. Um, there's a TV show uh, coming to Disney Plus called Ms. Marvel, yes. um, which is in, it's uh, like uh, part of like, you know, there's Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel is part of that kind of same clique of, of, of characters. Mm. Um, now, Ms. Marvel is actually a Pakistani uh, superhero, like one of the first Pakistani superheroes. That is so cool. Downside is Disney Plus doesn't actually 
isn't actually in Pakistan. So uh, the people of Pakistan can't see uh, Miss Marvel. Oh. But what they, uh, Disney's decided to do instead is that they're going to uh, show each episode of Ms. Marvel in Pakistan in cinemas. That is very cool. So, what a fantastic initiative. I love that. That's really good. So all the uh, all, all the young uh, boys and girls and even all the older geeks uh, in Pakistan can go and see their own you know Pakistani hero, which is absolutely fantastic. That's awesome. That's yeah. great news. I'm really glad we got to um got to bring that on mm. to the show tonight. That's really cool. To, so they can go and see it on the big screen. Yeah. There you go. I'm sure Disney Plus will make its way though. Um, there's got to be a reason why they maybe. Yeah, I've no idea. But I know we still don't get some of the streaming services that, you know, America gets mm. as well. So I think it's just one of those things where do they just slowly make their way. Yeah, which is great. So there you go, Miss Marvel. But yeah, so it's uh, it's just really cool. Uh, I, I'm looking f- I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's not gonna, not uh, movie related, but uh, I'm I'm a big wrestling fan. Ah. And uh, there's a uh, the the wrestling federation WA that I've been following for the past twenty years is uh, Explosive Pro Wrestling EPW. Yep. And uh, there is another federation called um, Schwa, uh, which is the Southern Hemisphere Wrestling. And uh, there is going to be a, a crossover event happening this Saturday night um, at the Frio Social. It used to be the Flyway Night Club. Yes, yeah. Um, and it's, so it's the two federations are, are coming together and and having this uh, big thing where there's going to be like you know wrestlers, EPW wrestlers will be facing each other and Schwa wrestlers facing each other. But then there's going to be some crossover between the two federations as well. So uh, very excited for that. That's uh, really I, I, that action packed. Yes. Hey? I love live wrestling and uh, I'm just really, really looking forward to um, seeing some of the Frio Social on uh, on Saturday. There you go. If you're in the area, get down to that because that well, sounds like it would be good fun unless it's ticket-based and they're all sold out. I would buy. I would check to buy tickets because i got a feeling this is going to get sold out. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think there's um, a lot of wrestling fans around or it's at least, even if you're not, it's something to go and watch and behold. You know, I've, I've continually watched it on TV but I've never seen it live and I think that, yeah, it would be really fun to, to oh, watch Oh, wrestling it. live is great. Um, yeah. I always remember remember like the costume based ones though i don't know if they still do that with the, yeah, yeah. the really cool costumes they walk out they're like this is weighing in at 195 pounds um but yeah it looks like fun but. yeah no that's, that's exactly what it is it's uh it's just it's really good fun the uh wa wrestles are fantastic uh and yeah i'm uh, i'm really looking forward to it it's gonna be good so much to see and do it's exciting and it's performance based so it kind of Fits in with you know yes, TV anyway. It is. So. It's 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 sports entertainment. Sports entertainment, which is very important. We don't talk enough about sports on our show here, <laughs> um, but things we do talk about. Yeah, Disney. You've got uh, Disney Down Under, which is available to stream as well. Uh, if you head over to the Gentlemen of Pop Culture mm. website, you can find episodes there. Uh, you've also got past episodes of Unscripted, the film show, and also Tangent City, where we take a, a topic and we just ramble on about it. Yep. Uh, I think our latest one was about Nick Cage. Uh, that may not have been released don't yet. It's been released yet, but the uh, the last one was about just tangents. We just yeah, tangented we all the hadn't tangented for so long that we just actually didn't even take a topic. We just went on a tangent so yep. listen to that it's good fun and then in a few weeks keep your eye out for the nick cage one which we did kind of in light of his new film the um unbearable weight of massive talent which is now screening in cinemas and uh, nick cage plays a version of himself but we also went into all his other films did big deep dive mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. To his impressive collection of film and his filmography and also his uh, love for 
you know, things like two-headed snakes. So He loves the weird. He loves the weird. So check that one out. It's uh, it's fun to listen to. But um, until then, we will be back next week. Oh, and we're just uh, – no, no uh, Quizzy's not here for a live show tonight. But he will be He'll here. be back back next week. He'll be back next week, but I've got a standby show so you can still listen to his sweet, sweet voice. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.